वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेटस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट 11 पावर एंड इंस्टीट्यूशंस सोशल पावर इज अ यूनिवर्सल फिनोमिना इन ह्यूमन सोसाइटीज एंड सोशल रिलेशनशिप्स इट इज प्रोसेस्ड बाय बोथ इंडिविजुअल्स एंड सोशल ग्रुप्स इट इज इन फैक्ट the basic common element in all social relationships politics and economics social power is generally experienced in an unbalanced situation these power imbalances are the root causes of most of the social problems power can be understood in two main ways one way of understanding power that has gained prominence in recent academic discussion is the idea of power as a simple quantitative phenomena this type of conception of power pins at a kind of generalized capacity to act the approach considers power as enhancing the capacities of those who possess it and thereby impinges to those persons who do not possess as an imposition on their freedom and liberty the writing of hobbes locke inter alia on the discourse of power may be considered under this general approach the other and the most complex conception of power is that power which involves both capacity and a right to act which derives from the consent of those who power is exercised this approach looks at the effects of power as generally identified by reference to counterfactual conditions in other words the approach holds that power in the hands of others prevents its victims from doing what they otherwise would have attained or even from thinking what they otherwise would have thought foucault's analysis of power is a good representative of this approach this second conception of power is often implicit rather than explicit the concept is central to much modern social and political thought today power has also been viewed in various ways some scholars would consider power as a zero sum concept here power is defined in a mutually exclusive manner the concept would mean that if one person or partly wins the other necessarily loses in other words the approach conceives power as to be possessed by only one person or group 
in such a way that a second person or group over whom power is wielded does not possess. There are other who opine that the power should be looked at as a kind of a non-zero sum concept. According to them, each person or party shares power to the extent that both the parties gain. In this approach, power is defined in terms of mutually exclusive objects. Thus, social power is defined in different ways. However, for our purpose, we generally define power as the ability of an individual or group to carry out its wishes or policies to control, manipulate or influence the behavior of others whether they wish to cooperate or not. Social power is also capability to influence others or resist influence from others. The agent who possesses power has resources to force his or her will on others. People with great wealth, muscle, status, intelligence, competence, etc have more chances to influence other people. Power has been invariably used as synonymous of the closely related concepts such as prestige, influence, eminence, competence, ability, knowledge, dominance, right, force, coercion, authority among others. But they are not identical concepts per se. We shall therefore examine the differences of these terms. Let us first of all differentiate between the independent variables of power and prestige. The relationship of the two terms may be understood in a way that the power can occur without prestige, while prestige would not occur without power. For instance, a scientist would have prestige but no power, whereas a policeman would have power but little prestige. In the same way, we could establish relationship between the power and closely related terms such as competence, ability, knowledge, eminence and so on. These concepts can be accompanied or may not be accompanied by power. The concept of power is very closely related to the concept of dominance. Basically, power is in essence a sociological concept, whereas dominance is a socio-psychological concept. In other words, power is located in groups and it manifests in intergroup relations, whereas dominance is essentially located in the individual and it is expressed in interpersonal relationships. Again, power manifests in the statuses that people occupy in formal organizations, whereas dominance appears in the roles people play in informal organizations. Power is a function of organization of associations of the arrangement and 
juxtaposition of groups and of the structure of society itself. On the contrary, dominance is a function of personality or temperament. It is a personal trait. However, this distinction in terms of sociological and psychological discourses and also group personality need not be in a strict sense because nowadays we often talk about collective dominance and hegemony and so much so we can talk of power relation even in the interpersonal levels. Likewise, power and influence may be distinguished by an important feature. Power is by and large coercive, whereas the influence is persuasive. In this context, we could consider that Karl Marx, the philosopher, has a great influence exerted upon the 20th century but he was not a powerful man. In almost the same manner, right like privilege is not power itself, but one of the prerequisites of power. But when we can pose the question as whether force and authority are power, the answer would be that they are not, even though they are very closely related terms. In a simplistic way, then we may distinguish them by mainly considering that power is a latent force. Force is manifest power and authority is institutionalized power. Power is potential so that when it used, it becomes either force or authority. For example, the threat of a minority to withdraw from an association would effectively wield power. But once the majority group, minority group withdraws from the association, it is no longer power but force. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast. Thank you.